Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie. Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Yeah, you know when you hear the camel, it's hump day. We're part part way to the weekend, which is going to be entailing more good games. But Max, I got to tell you, we're getting a little bit of thaw here. We had so much snow last night. I was even contemplating. I'm wondering if I need to get back into skiing. I've not skied in a number of years ever since I got a knee replacement, that sort of thing. You kind of like, oh, eh, maybe uh, you know. Well, I grew that's up a perfect skiing. reason to. Well, that's a perfect reason. You got a new knee. New knee, that's new true. ski. <laughs> you know how you have those accidents on the hill, you know? Things pop yeah. out of place, you know? Yeah, that's okay. This new this new one won't pop out. It's unpoppable. It's, it's locked in. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is locked all the way in. It's brand yeah. new. You got to take it through the paces. It's like when you get a new car, you have to... You have to redline it a little bit just to make sure the engine is good, you know? <laughs> you know? Same thing with the knee. Why not? One of the first times I ever skied when I was a kid, I was like eight years old, nine years old, something like that. And I, the, the local, there was a local ski hill. It's just, a, you know, like a free park thing, you know, going and, you know, rope toe. And so I get on these skis, and all I know is the snowplow. So I head down the bunny hill thing, and somehow I got turned around. And there was a very lovely lady must have been, you know, just like in her early 20s, standing on the edge of the hill on her skis, you know, just standing there. And uh, so as I turned, I, <laughs> I turned, I realized I was turning right towards her. And I'm like trying to figure out, okay, how do I turn again? <laughs> Can't turn. And I'm like locked in right <laughs> just before impact. I said, sorry, lady. She turns around. I run right over her skis. <laughs> oh. She that might she be was the reason cut. why you don't ski. Yeah, yeah right no, here. no, no. I, I I actually went on to learn to ski. You know, right? And okay. Oh, you from did. A, okay. But, but but she was cussing at me before she hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I couldn't All stop. You know, my mom. You little son of a. <laughs> my, my mom. Snow face. Hoopy, Hoopy says, did you stop and apologize? And go, I couldn't stop. I didn't know how to. That's the whole reason why it happened, and mom. In the first place, yeah. It's because Whoa. of the lack of stopping skill. <laughs> so. 
I don't know how I turned into her. You know, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, when, when you actually say, I'm sorry about this <laughs> before it happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the premeditated sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to just got to the top of the hill, just yelled down. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I, I was in panic mode, man. I was like trying to turn to the left. I was trying to turn to the right, and I'd like, I, and then I'm just like, did you have the poles? Did you have the poles in your hand? I had you poles. Straight ski? No, I was. Okay. I had the poles, and I was just in panic mode, man. You know, and it just like, oh my goodness, I kerplunked her. Sorry. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, my because my, my youngest daughter, she does. She didn't do skis when she started. She didn't do poles when she started. Okay. So and and this and this little girl could work. The mountain at, at six, it was seven years old. I was yeah. like, oh my God. Like, I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have any, A, the confidence, B, the fearlessness, and then C, the trust in myself. Like, I did not trust my body at seven years old. <laughs> now, my girls, my youngest girls, they'll snowboard, they ski. Uh, the boys, they, yeah. they've skied. They're, they're not real keen on it. And I'm, I, I just did not ski in a while. My wife will go out and ski with the girls. That sort of thing, um, but uh, I don't know. Male wolfly trait. I I I I, oh, I grew up skiing. I loved to ski. I skied so much, and then you know, after I got into, you know, a period of time when the knees went bad, then it was kind of like, eh, maybe I better back off here. Yeah, I'll, I'll just you know lift heavy things and punch people in the face for a living. You know that sounds. Hey, you got to save what you got to be able to make money with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. That is true. There's nothing that worse than you know. There was nothing worse than getting injured in the off season. It's just like I do this the the other six months of the year, seven months of the year, I get injured. I don't need to get injured in the off season. You know, what I mean, it's just one of those things where I don't need this. You know, you got downtime. Got, no, I, I, you get hurt all the time during the season for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, l- listen, trust me. You do not have to sell me on it. <laughs> as a person that's also been through the same exact thing. You know, I don't ski, but you know, you know what I picked up, Wolf? That What's you that? Might, you might be What's that? Ski biking. Ski biking. Okay, how's that? Oh, is that where you got little skis on and you sit on a bike frame? And you go well, down well, the hill? No, the, and, and and well, the bike frame has skis attached right. to it, it as a... well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that for the first time two years ago. Loved it, loved yeah? it. Because I mean, obviously, I have a different constraint than you. It's not necessarily the knees, but the feet. Okay. Uh, I have very large feet. Right. They don't right. make ski boots my size. So oh wow! I had to come up with a go between and. And I don't know where I saw. I think one of my buddies talked to me like, "Man, I saw these things. It was like a ski bike." I was like, what do you mean a ski bike? Then I'm looking it at it now. Like, oh. Wes pulled it up on the computer. Yeah, here. a snow yeah, go so, ski bike. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. So, so I so I did ski biking, and I have to tell you, it was awesome. It really? was awesome, and that's how I was able to keep up with my girls. Um, being able to navigate and use that, and at the time, you know, I, I mean, I because I, I do a, I do a lot of commuting biking around around right. where I live here in AZ, and it's mountainy, so. Ah, it's just adding snow, and there's no handbrake. It's my feet are the brake, so you just put your feet down in the snow. That's pretty impressive. Down. Yeah, I'm looking so, at yeah, this. I mean, you, wow. you, you can you can Looks whip fun. out you can whip out the tail and stuff, but yeah, uh, no, it, it was a it was a great experience, and yeah. So now, if I ever go skiing with the girls again, um, you know, I have that option now. There's only certain places that allow ski bikes on the hill. Okay, so you know, you have to kind of be conscious of that. But I mean, we were in Tahoe, and Tahoe. They have them, so I, I have my I have my guy there, 
call him. He has the bike ready. And he'll actually bring the bike to the whatever hill we're going to do that day. Get out. That's um, cool. The incline. And he'll, he'll meet me there with it. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I had an absolute blast. I may have I, to I try that. that much, yeah. You know, that it, does it, look it, like, uh, seems like you, you could, it's copacetic if you crash. You know, if you go you, down. No, you're, you're, you are okay. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be like, oh, my gosh, what happened here? No, no, no. It's, it, it's, it's pretty cool. And, um, you know, I was, I was blessed and fortunate when it happened that I was like, okay, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I felt... You know, and there's there, now there's no teaching involved. Yeah, you just there. learn. Yeah, learn as you go. Yeah, yeah I'm familiar exactly. With that. You like you, t- you take the spills and you just kind of deal with it. You're like, hey, this is this is yep, this is happening. This happened, and you just make it work. Huh. Well, there's a guy doing a wheelie on one. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, where is it? I don't. Uh, it's, it's I'm just good. I'm just rolling different YouTube yeah. videos for him in the studio here. I, not, I've never seen anything like this. You know, I mean, I know my girls would think that was a gas too. You know, because yeah, no, I mean, listen, it was it was truly like once I got the hang of it. Now I took a day just to make sure that I was I was good with everything. Right. Okay. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, we did it. It was a lot of fun, and I'm trying to see. I thought I had a video. Somewhere. I you know my favorite ski I skied up at Big Mountain in Montana years and years ago, and that was so fantabulous. When you're at a place where you ski those big bowls, you know out west, wow, yeah. you know, and it takes you like 30, 40 minutes to come down the mountain to ski the whole hill, you know, because you, you're gasping for air yeah. too after a period of time. From yeah, Big Mountain, you could, you could look, yeah, you could look into to uh, Canada. Uh, when you look north, and if you look south, you look look right in the Glacier National Park. It was spectacular, man! What a place! Uh, that, I mean, I I can imagine that. That's awesome. Yeah, I want to go to Jackson Hole and do like around the Grand Tetons because that that's apparently like really really awesome skiing. And I saw I saw some of the runs because we went up there this past. Was it this? yeah, yeah? It was this past summer. Gosh. Gosh, time flies. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it was this past because we did like Yellowstone. We did all the national parks and stuff because there's a program that National Park Service has where every fourth grader um, can get gets a national park pass for the year. You just have to apply for it, and you can go to any of the national parks for free with your family. Really? Oh, that's so, pretty cool. Waverly being in the fourth grade, rising fifth grade, we right. did it, and it was absolutely phenomenal just going around there because I hadn't been to that part of the country. Right. So, you know, driving around Montana and Wyoming and doing all the touristy stuff, went to a cowboy cookout and, you know, we, we, we camped and we went through all the national parks, saw, you know, Old Faithful and saw everything, you know, saw the geysers and waterfalls and everything. It was really, it was really cool. Jackson Lake Lodge, we stayed there um, as well, right there on Jackson Lake, which was beautiful. Cold as crap, but beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, no. So it, it was a it was a fun experience. But we saw the runs um, in Jackson Hole, and I was like, oh my god, that'd be an amazing, phenomenal skiing v- v- venue. So next couple years, maybe maybe I'll get there. There you go. Absolutely. Uh oh. Got something coming up here. We got some big big snooze. Because you know that that's from the desk, the very desk of Wesley Euler. The big desk of Wesley. 
I don't know what you're talking about. This is the SNR Breaking News Desk <laughs> with Euler Wesley here. Uh, Max and Wolf, after 23 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, strength and conditioning coach Marcel Pastor is leaving the team to pursue other interests. He posted, he announced via his LinkedIn page. After 23 years, the Steelers will be looking for another strength and conditioning coach, another wow. important uh, role, certainly, to fill this offseason. At the breaking news desk, I'm Euler Wesley. Max and Wolf, back to you. Wow, how about that? Marcel Pasteur. Wow. Yeah, you you, you worked with Cell. Man, I, 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 man, I've known Cell for 20 years. Yeah. Um, of those 23 years. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that's you know that that's one of those that, that that's that's a blow when you talk about my history and connection with the Steelers yeah like Marcel was one of the earliest connections he's one of the first guys I met him and Chet Furman yeah um mm -hmm. in, in this in the, in the training room or in the strength and conditioning uh weight room um and, and heck I think I met him before I met coach Cower uh so <laughs> <laughs> he's such a great guy Marcel Marcel is so awesome man I mean he would he I mean the 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 relationships that he developed mm -hmm. with players and the trust that we had in Marcel right um to really you know be a sounding board for us not only be a guy that that could motivate us but he was there to always listen you know he was he was that individual you know a mentor right and a big brother you know however you wanted to look 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 at him i mean he was he was just that person that was always there. You could always connect with Cell. You could always have a conversation with Cell. Heck, I remember early on, you know, Marcel and I used to used to play uh, our PlayStation, uh, our PSPs, our little portable <laughs> PlayStations, on the airplane together. We connected. We play our little golf game on on team flights. Um, so you know, a, a long history. But man, what 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 a great human being. What a great person. Um, and you know. It's sad from a selfish standpoint because, you know, every year when you come back to camp, it's always cool when you get to see the faces that you remember and right. that you have that long connection with. And Sel was always one of those guys. I mean, you know, players, you know, retire, players move on. But, you know, he was a one constant there throughout the Pittsburgh Steelers for the last 23 years that you knew if you always saw Sel, it was going to be a good day. Um, and so to see Sel kind of – move on to a different career path. I wish him nothing but the best. I'm going to text him later today Yeah. Um, to text him congratulations um, and, you know, and good luck on his journey. Uh, the good thing is at least he will be staying around the Pittsburgh area. His kids are in sports. He, lo he, you know, he loves Pittsburgh. And uh, his, wife, his wife, Casey, you know, Casey still works for the team. So I right. imagine he'll still be floating around in some capacity. But, uh, you know, man, what, a, what, what an era. What a chapter to close for him. Um, and I know he loves the Rooney family and loves the organization, but sometimes, you know, you just, you want that change of venue, right? You, you need, need something to kind of reinvigorate you. And, and I completely get that. Sometimes you have to pivot. Sure. There's no doubt about it. And you know, he was always the strongest arm in camp. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. He, he was, a, he's a human jugs machine for crying out loud. I never seen anybody yeah. throw the ball like him. Well, remember Wolf, he was the guy that would. When when they didn't want to use the jugs machine, he was he was the one that would that would throw the sky punts out. Absolutely, yeah. Like physically, I'm yeah. like, dude, the the amount of strength that he had in his arm, 
you know, you'd always ask him like, "Hey, hey, Sal, you ever thought about putting on a helmet?" He's like, nah, <laughs> "No, I don't want the hits. <laughs> it looks better like this. <laughs> he can just throw it out there." But he would do all the throwing drills when they didn't have quarterbacks, you know, for the wide receivers and that. I mean, he just oh, yeah. oh he, I mean, he's got a tremendous arm. I'm not kidding you when I say he's got world class arm strength. Now, I you know, as far as putting it on the money all the time, I I, I don't I don't know. But I do know this: if you want an 80, 80 yard jugs gun shot, that that's the guy to do it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and, and pinpoint accuracy too. Was he yeah, was he that good accuracy. pinpoint accuracy? Okay. Yeah, for the depth, like, hey, we need we we need a coffin corner, like you know, okay. he, he could he could he could he could throw the coffin corner uh, throw, you know, for for a kickoff or something. So I mean, he he had he had some great accuracy. And he was a guy pregame. He, he, you know, early days, definitely first fifteen years. You know, he'd go out there and he would throw all all the route tree for the receivers that wanted to work out early pregame because the quarterbacks weren't going to throw you know yeah. that many. No. You know, warming themselves up because you know they need to save it for the game. So Marcel would be the guy. Boom, tap me in, coach. You know, stunt double arm. Uh, it exactly was, was what he he would fill in for. So it was actually pretty cool. Well. Our best wishes to Marcel. Loved the guy. The guy was absolutely phenomenal. Um, was just one of those guys that you pointed out was so big in the lives of the players. Somebody, a confidant, a, a guy that was also a mentor and an instructor. And, and he was strong as all get out, for crying out loud. But uh, what a, yeah. just a, a really great guy. So, all right, Marcel, God bless you, buddy. Uh, we're going to miss you. That's, uh, oh, that's just a kick in the teeth, bud. You know, but okay. Move on, because I know you got bigger and better things to accomplish. But thank you for your 23 years of service to the best sports franchise in the history of the world. So we're going to move along here and take a break. Ha <laughs> ha! The cannon is out, a baby. Salvo. That's a salvo. How about a double shot for Marcel? Huh? Yeah, there we go. That's it. That's there we go. Maybe one more, just cause. Yeah, just yeah. give it to him. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, we'll be back after this. All here in the locker room coming up. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, guys. I have to go now to the to, to a little more housekeeping. Okay. Um, offensive coordinator, Wolf. What about him? There is a need. There is a need. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Come to think of it. Yeah. Wolf says what about him? There is not about him, Wolf. There is no one. There, is, there isn't one, you know, and we're looking for one. And I think, you know, as, as we look, um, you know, kind of where we're at, you know, we, we have some guys now. Obviously, you know, we, we've seen some guys go. Shane Waldron right. um, is now the Bears OC. Um, Brian Can- Callahan, uh, former Bengals OC, now takes over at the Titans job. So we have three teams in the AFC North actively looking for offensive coordinators. So the fray is getting thicker, so to speak. Um, you know what really you know, kind of stinks about this whole thing, though? I mean, think, think about this. If you go, you go outside the organization, you're going to bring in a signal caller, which, you know, that's what Mike says he's going to do. Okay. 
But then what, what's that do to um, Sully, you know? Because, uh, you know, Jerry Dulek was reporting that, uh, well, the probabilities of last year's signal caller sitting there, you know, well, you have a new signal caller, and I don't know. I don't know, does that create a problem on the coaching staff? Sully's a good man. Sully's a good coach, you know? No, Sully's a good coach, but he also understood that this was an interim job, right? I mean, that's the other thing. Oh, I got thing. you. Like, but, I mean, would they, keep him, would they keep him on the staff? That's the thing about it, you know? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, would you like a security blanket, Wolf? <laughs> I, I always love whoobies. Always love whoobies, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody needs a good whoobie. Now, the question is, would Sully agree to take – take his same role right that's going to be the key because right because if you have all of this staff movement what that leads to is what it leads to a lot of different picks of guys and now you're trying to poach from staff to create and some guys right. have contracts that they're not let out of right you, know, you have to think of if a guy comes from a team technically even if they have a head coaching vacancy like think about this for shane waldron right with seattle he's still trying to get a lot of those those guys from seattle over there to chicago with him um, gotcha. but they still have contracts with the Seahawks organization. So, mm. you know, that's where you have to, can you be released from your contract? How, mm. What do you have to do in the process? Is there some type of buyout? Like those are all the nuanced things you have to figure out because, you know, I know, I know from one of my buddies who's in the college level, um, you know, he, he, he wanted to go somewhere else, but he had a contract with the school, even though the coach got fired or moved on and went and took another head coaching job, he still had to be, you know, had to be bought out of his contract. So, it's not that easy when you're thinking about staff. You have to kind of get who's available, who's been let go, how does this go with the new OC. He's going to interview the staff to see who he wants to keep because obviously he needs some guys in-house to give him credibility and that, that, that vibe with his philosophy just so you have the player buy-in a lot faster. So there's a lot of moving parts with that. So when you are bringing somebody from the outside, um, this is one of those risks, but I mean, the Steelers have done that before. I mean, when they had Todd, when they brought Todd Haley in, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, you had you you had some retention and some new guys that came in with Todd, right? Um, so it, it's a it's a mixed bag, and you know you'd think you'd want to try and keep Sully, Eddie Faulkner as well, and see how that goes. But I mean, but you also can't stop them, coaches, if if they're getting interviewed for other jobs. True. Um, at the same time, you want to give them the opportunity to flourish if they feel like they're stifled. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, one of the names that's come up as of late, and the guy that's already in the state of Pennsylvania interviewing, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. How about that? Yep, former Cardinals head coach, uh, Texas Tech head coach. Last year spent on the USC staff as an offensive analyst working with QB. So he had work with uh, Caleb Williams. And it's really interesting because you think of, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. And Cliff's a guy i gotten to know over the last number of years because of his time here in Arizona. Right. Um, so Cliff, Cliff is a, he's an awesome guy personality wise, like players really vibe with him. I know he had a whole, there was a whole weird thing with Kyler, Kyler Murray at the end, but Kyler Murray is also a very different type of dude. Right. Um, but you, you can't knock the experience and what, you know, he brings to the table. You have to think about this Cliff, former quarterback, um, that, that was in new England right. as an active player. Then after that, you know, took took some took some coordinator and quarterbacking jobs. Um, after he left, uh, you know, after after he left the league, and I, I mean, he's been around some great offensive football players. You right. Know, but he had he, he had Pat Mahomes for four years in college. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, you, you go and you go after Kyler Murray. You get Kyler Murray. You work with Kyler Murray. 
Um, you know, you just now worked with Caleb Williams. I mean, he so he's been around upper crust quarterbacks. He's been a very creative offensive mind. He runs the spread. But here's the other thing that I think a lot of people don't 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 really associate with Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff is a run first football coach. That's what uh, people were saying. I was like, that's yeah. not the impression I had. You know that that no. was there for me. You know, with him. You know, and I think that stigma is because of his time at Texas Tech, right? You know, you think of old Big 12, it's spread five wide. Air raid. Sling the ball all around, air raid style football. But here's the thing. When you think of Cliff Kingsbury's time in Arizona, like he inherited a team that was like 25th in rushing before he got there, you know, the year with with, uh, Steve Wilkes. Mm -hmm. And they were top 10 rushing every year. Hmm. And he realizes the importance of you must establish the run first because then the passing game comes after that. Right. And you saw Kyler Murray really grow as a passer once they got the run game under control. And yeah, they had some, you know, some mixed results and which led to his firing, but he is a guy that really emphasizes the run. So when you're thinking about, you know, what we are as a Steelers identity, right? We're a running football team first. And then we work in the passing after that. But you must establish a run first. That's where I think it's a very intriguing fit. Now, he's also interviewing in Philly. That's why I said he was in the state of Pennsylvania interviewing already. Correct. You know, he was in Eastern PA interviewing for the vacant uh, OC job from the Eagles. Uh, Brian Johnson was let go after one year. And so it, it is very intriguing. And he'll meet with the Steelers as well. So I'm really excited about the prospect of that because I think that would be a good fit. And I think he would vibe well with Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, with the offense and a lot of their players, um, you know, he comes in as a former player himself. So I think there is some credibility and he's been a former head coach. So I think for him, this is his way to get kind of back in that circuit and, you know, could be a great fit if it does end up working out. Now it will be, you know, it'll be a slight bidding more because I think there's other teams, like I said, Cleveland's looking for an OC, Bengals are looking for an OC, like you said, Philly. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of guys right 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 in a right. one state distance. No doubt. So he's getting a lot of bang for his buck by being on this side of the country right now, um, interviewing. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. Um, some other names are floated out there. Eric Bieniemy because of the Ron Rivera um, firing, you know, has freed him up, and I know he's interviewing for the Commanders' job as well. But um, everybody you know, Eric Bieniemy is a name. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Eric Bieniemy. A lot of people have spoken in his favor. You hear a yeah. lot of the qualitative people that um, are, you know, uh, very re- well-respected coaching and managerial talent people speak very highly of him. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things. I know people, you know, there there was there was a couple of things back when he, you know, he, when he was on the head coaching circuit, right, interviewing for all these jobs and. Is he just a Rooney rule bring in, you know, that kind of stuff? Or, oh, he doesn't interview well. I'm like, the man knows what success looks like, regardless yeah. of how you want to parse apart his, his his play calling versus is it him, is it Andy Reid in his years? Right. I would argue every other OC that's been under Andy Reid has gotten a head coaching job. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't have as much success as Eric Bieniemy did. During right. the time he was there. Right, right. You know, you think about when we're talking about Patrick Mahomes going to now his sixth straight AFC championship game. Let it's me unbelievable. say that again, Wolf. It's unbelievable. Sixth straight AFC championship game. And Eric was only gone one. 
So he went to the previous five. And they went to the Super Bowl how many times and won it? Oh, that's right. <laughs> they, they went twice and won two. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I mean, this is something where I think when you look at it, you have to kick the tires. You have to think about that. And Eric does have a relationship with Mike Tomlin. You know, and I think that also can play a role. I think last year might have been too raw and too new. Mm-hmm. But I think with a year removed, I think why wouldn't you go what why wouldn't you go interview him, bring him in to talk to him? Also, another name I'm gonna float around where you talk about this the, the, this business is about relationships and at least hearing the different options. A Byron Leftwich. Sure. Right? Sure. Be left. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yes, he had a bad, bad year the last year with Tom, but it's Tom Brady. You sure. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how, who is Tom Brady really going to listen to at the end of the day? Right, right. Uh, right. I mean, in he's fact, his he own forced VA to say he, he yeah. was going to retire. Yeah. And Tom, what's the first thing Tom did when he came down to Tampa Bay? I you don't remember? Know. No, I don't remember. He showed up down there day one and knocked on B Left's door. Said, "Hey, B Left, I'm staying with you. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna get this p- playbook worked out." Oh yeah, okay, all right. All Come right. on. I mean, so when you think about that, it, it would just be a name that you don't exhaust every resource to make sure that you get this right because this is going to be a critical year in Kenny Pickett's development. So you want to make sure that you're crossing all of your T's, dotting all of your I's, and exhausting every resource. Um, to look at those different options. And I know there's a, there's a lot of other names that are out there that are going to be, you know, assuming head coaching roles for some of the vacancies that are still available out there. And that's going to also kind of slim the herd as well mm-hmm. because you have some a lot of guys who are OCs looking at head coaching jobs that will then create more offensive coordinator position openings. So there's only so many to go around. So if you're the Steelers, you got to make sure that you're jumping on top of this process and that you're interviewing every valid or viable candidate that you think um, is worthy and not just kind of wait. I know you have to wait for some guys um, that are still in the playoffs if you're looking at position coaches to elevate them to OC. But existing OCs, um, recently fired OC staffs, like you have to make sure that you're looking at every every available avenue to give yourself some success. Because guess what? Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, that's Lions and, uh, and Texans, they're going to be on the circuit too for head coaching jobs. So now those teams potentially will have to replace OCs um, when the time comes. So there's going to be enough movement around that you're going to need to be on top of this and make sure that you're providing, you know, a a very competitive market for yourself and putting yourself in the best light and getting yourself the best opportunity to shine forward because there are going to be some shinier toys out there. So you want to make sure that you're doing everything due diligence wise to get this done and wrapped up as soon as possible. Well, All right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah interesting. it will be. It that will is. be. All right. Well, we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Inside the Locker Room. This. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I talked about this yesterday, but I'm going to ask you again in a different way. In the playoffs, Pat Mahomes is 0-2 versus Tom Brady. Yet, against Joe Burrow, he's 1-1. Right? They split it. But he's 12-0 against every one else. Now think about this, Max. You're 0-2 against the GOAT, the greatest of all time. 
but the goat is retired. I mean, do you think he's sitting there going, you got to come out of retirement so I can beat you one time, just one time. This one time is killing me. The fact that I'm 0-2 against the greatest of the great, even though some people are saying I could be the greatest of the great, meaning Pat Mahomes, um, I, I don't know. I just wonder what he thinks, you know, in the quiet moments when he's sitting there, you know, going, that eh, Brady, doggone, come on. I, I want to beat you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, 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 you got to feel some type of way. Um, but once again, I think, you know, the torch has been passed. I mean, the lane has been cleared. I mean, when you get to, to Brady's status, and he saw right. him at a very young, tender age um, in his NFL career. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you still have to say what he's doing is Brady-esque. You know, right. he might not have been able to, to beat the GOAT head-to-head, but he's beaten some of the GOAT's records can, already. Yeah, but can he can he go, you know, through the rest of his career sitting there thinking, I couldn't beat the GOAT? I mean, that's the one thing But, but he's he also do. saying, this dude was 20 years older than me. I know. Like, you know, you know and, what I'm saying? Like, he, 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 he'll he be – could you see Tom Brady trying to strap him up with all those leg warmers that he was wearing by the end of his career for socks? Yeah. <laughs> A walker, you know, I mean, it, it does it really, it, would it really look that good if like, you know, Brady's out there with like a back brace on, <laughs> you know, like, 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 you know, like the old power lifters that would just walk around with a weight belt, you yeah. know, they're, they're doing like, you know, the bar yeah. on, on the squat, you know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. made, it reminds me of Bradshaw when they asked him, he said, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, could you compete in today today's game with your team? Could you win the Super Bowl? He said, "Yeah, sure." He says, "But it'd be close." And he goes, well, "Why would it be close?" He goes, "All my guys are in their seventies." You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that quote by him. You know? No, it, 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 that, that's a tremendous one. That one will live on forever. Oh yes, yes. Uh, but I think you know, and, and every and every generation has that has that team of their of their era, right? Right. I mean, you think of the Steelers of the seventies, you think of the 49ers of the eighties, right? The Cowboys of the nineties, um, and then you throw in that dominant run by the Patriots, sprinkled in with some Steelers success in there as well, and it's just that's how it goes. And right now, it's the Kansas City turn, right? KC six straight AFC championship games, man. How just unbelievably crazy is that absolutely and, and this is also remember this is the first afc game out of six that they're not playing at home yeah. they had five straight wolf and he has not lost a divisional round game yet Jeepers. in his career as a starter think but, about that but he's owing two against the goat <laughs> See, you keep coming back to that. But it's an AFC Championships and Super Bowl. Can't help it. Can't help it. You know what I know, I mean? But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, ah, yeah, ah, yes. You know. All right. It's like, well, I wasn't a regular the, season He's the anti-Eli yeah. Manning. <laughs> yes, he is. He's anti-Eli. You know, whereas Eli is 2-0, and but yet probably just trash against everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Good point by you. I'll yeah, tell you I mean, who... come on. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy to think that. All right. So I'm going to go from the GOAT to... Something that just makes you feel good for today, and I really thought that it was worthy of, of, of talking about it, but Army Staff Sergeant Adam Alexander is a Purple Heart recipient who was wounded over in, I believe it was Afghanistan. He was struck in the head by a bullet, um, is going to the Super Bowl, and his tickets are going to be presented to him by fellow cheesehead T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is presenting to Staff Sergeant Alexander uh, Adam Alexander 
Um, tickets to the Super Bowl in Vegas. They're going to meet before the game, and uh, it's just I think that's just wonderful. You know, you got a couple of Wisconsinites there, and um, th- think about this. Staff Sergeant Alexander, uh, Adam Alexander, was struck in the head and given a 5% chance of survival, and this man survived by the grace of God. Amen, amen, way to go. What a great man. Oh, that's awesome. That's good news. I, You know, he's a father of one, and I just think that, uh, you know, he's, he's he serves as a member of the Disabled American Veterans, and uh, to Staff Sergeant Alexander, Adam Alexander, a hey, God bless you, man. That's just so cool for TJ. That's just uh, that's a great thing to do, man. I think that's awesome. Man, that is awesome, man. Once again, you know, congratulations. Of course, thank you for your service. Absolutely, first and foremost. yes, yes. Um, but what a tremendous honor, and and like I said, you know, to get a guy like TJ, you know, Wisconsinian. I don't even know is that is that, is that what they're called. Yeah, Wisconsinites, Wisconsinian, Cheesehead, whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know? Wisconsiner. Yeah, Wisconsiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, some, something, something with the cheese state. Yeah. Um, you know, to get him to come back and actually do that. Yeah. So it's gonna be awesome. I mean, you know, you look at you know the opportunity. I mean, even even some of the surprises that we had, right? You know, on our field, giving away Super Bowl tickets this year. Right. Uh, Kiesel giving it to the to the young girl. Yeah, that's right. Cancer therapy. Mm-hmm. That that was was that not the cutest moment? That was I mean, tremendous. Listen, every girl dad out there should should have had should have had should have had wet eyes. You oh, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that that was just the the most adorable thing. And then of course Rocky Blyer delivering it to um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, uh, the Armed Forces veteran, right? You know, older but, gentleman. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's really cool when you can kind of just give that little bit of of. Um, you know, of joy, of sense of, you know, notice, so to speak. Sure. You know, like, hey, we see you, we appreciate you, and we want to do something special for you because you've done something special for us and touched our lives, and you've aided in, in helping us stay as a free state and country. Um, so yeah. when you look at that, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big honor. I know it pales in comparison to obviously the sacrifice that a lot of our men and women um, give to us for us to have our freedoms, but um, but it, it's cool when you get to recognize at least a couple of those in the process. And we hope you know the NFL continues to do more and more, which is which is always an honor because I think you know for so many years there was a negative stigma around around our armed forces veterans, yes, um, and how we treated them in this country after wars. So the fact that we're kind of turning that tide slowly but surely and consistently. Um, we have to. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to see that. And uh, you, just like me, having a lot of family, you even closer, having your son, Kyle Jacob, um, you know, serve currently. Um, I have I have cousins and family members and relatives that have served and that do serve currently. So, right. you know, it, it's really special when you get that chance. And, you know, just like you, Wolf, you know, I've gone on the USO tour, um, you know, with the NFL. I've done some other Goodwill tours, um, worked with wounded veterans, and, and it's just it's tremendous um the opportunity and you realize the impact that we make even on them when they do so much more for us but giving them that relief like going overseas and seeing how these barracks especially from my perspective you know from the Steelers perspective you know one of my good buddies still to this day Skip Turan uh, who's a lead mechanic on the Apaches out there in Johnstown mm-hmm. you know Skip was at camp Skip was up at camp this year uh I call you know we, we texted back and forth and he was looking for a jersey of mine I had an extra one, so I made sure I autographed. He brought the girls up, 
and I got to see Skip and hang out with him, and, and I got to give him a jersey. And you know, but I met Skip and, and Pristina Kosovo at a joint really? at a joint NATO base back in two thousand and five. Right? I mean, so you know, when you get those opportunities and, and people that you appreciate. And, you know, the service that they do, you know, you want to make sure we do that. I mean, I went to so many barracks where, it, I mean, you know, you only get that that rucksack, right? You know, the, the backpack and everything, right. and a footlocker to bring all of your goods, you know, especially, you know, you're there anywhere from six months to, you know, to 18 months um, overseas away from home. And the amount of Steeler gear <laughs> that you <laughs> yeah. would see the Steeler fans <laughs> packing their, and, and their stuff and they would outfit their entire barracks. In Steelers stuff. I remember going and playing Madden um, in one of the barracks. And it was, I mean, you would have thought it was a Steelers man cave. All the guys brought stuff. They brought terrible towels. They had jerseys. You know, they had flags. They had everything. Um, just to give them a little sense of normalcy in a very abnormal environment. And, you know, being away from home, being away from the friendly confines, being away from safety, and going out and, and doing the, the, the job. And the sacrifice that that takes and the fact that they're still thinking about that or, you know, I'm thanking them for their service. They say, man, thank you for winning that Super Bowl, man. I mean, you don't understand. I was up at 2 a.m. in the morning watching that game, oh, yeah. you know, overseas and, and, and the joy that you brought us. And it just allowed us a couple of hours to just have that relief. So it was it was very powerful um, and very humbling um, to know and, and really have mutual appreciation for each other. And, and, you know, I, I couldn't do enough to thank them for the sacrifices that they make and that they and they the, the things that they have to endure and the and danger that they have to endure, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis, you know, while you're in active duty. And the fact that they still think, you know, enough to be, hey, man, thank you. What? No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm, I'm here to thank you guys. You know, like and so it's special. Think of anybody going to the far side of the world, away from your family, away from everybody, you know. And you you are just there, you know, performing uh, a, a, a probably in an in an atmosphere of um, you know danger, right? I mean, and in doing your job and what it takes to do that, I just I don't know. You can't give enough thanks to the to the armed forces men and women that serve. So, all right, we got to take a break because we have the great Jim Wexel coming up. What Matt Max, you said it absolutely perfectly about the debt we owe, the gratitude we owe to our men and women of the armed forces. And uh, we so appreciate you guys. We'll be back with more from the locker room after this. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 